You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you all are doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on today's show. It's midweek. BYU's getting ready for a matchup with Virginia. I've got an interesting dichotomy of two players I want to talk about. One trending up, one trending down, at least in my mind. We'll touch on that. Also, some huge recruiting news out there in the transfer portal. Could BYU be adding a five-star talent to their roster? Well, if you believe some of the people out there, there's an opportunity for that. And, of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU athletics here at midweek. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. And let's waste no more time and get into it. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 27th, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We aim to be the one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about every single day, Monday through Friday. And during the football season, we go six days a week because we have postcast editions after BYU football games. Let's just put it this way. We are the best place for all the BYU coverage that you can get in podcast form. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, a myriad of other podcasting platforms out there. You can find us. Thank you for making us a part of your day. All right, getting going here on a Wednesday. I wanted to start off with some big news with regards to the transfer portal. As I reported last night, shortly after it officially happened, Kingsley Suamataya, the former five-star prospect from Orem High School, a guy who was a top 50 recruit in the 20, was it 2020 recruiting class, he is one of the best offensive linemen to ever come out of the state of Utah. I know that Penny Sewell probably holds that title, but there have been a number of others over the years. But Kingsley was just the latest. He seemed like the guy who was carrying the torch forward. BYU had offered Kingsley early on. I think it was a sophomore is when BYU offered him at Orem High School. And he just became an absolute can't-miss prospect. He ultimately decided that Oregon is where he wanted to go play, but he has decided that Oregon's no longer the spot for him, apparently. And he is entered the NCAA transfer portal. And based on one person I talked to last night, there's at least initial optimism that BYU will be able to garner his services. He would be the second highest rated offensive lineman BYU has ever signed, if you recru- if you believe the recruiting rankings. Funny enough, if you guys uh, that are kind of older like I am, you remember Ofa Mohetau out of Euless Trinity High School down there in Texas. He was a five-star offensive lineman, spent all of like, what, one season in Provo and never really uh, amounted to much in terms of the college football game. But he actually, if you can believe it, was a more highly thought of prospect than Kingsley Suamataya. I do believe that in 2021, the recruiting services are a lot better at scouting talent than they were in 2003 when... Uh, when Ofa chose the Cougars, but nonetheless, Kingsley Suamataya, if he does decide that BYU is where he wants to go, 
What a turnaround on the recruiting front for BYU. Just think about it. Puka Nakua, a four-star prospect, former high school, goes to Washington, decides that it's not for him, decides to come to BYU. Hunter Hill and Jacob Robinson, both guys from the Orem Tigers, who are highly thought of prospects, I believe both of them high-level three-star prospects, went to Utah State. Well, both of them are now with BYU. Kingsley Suomataya might be just the latest who decided that another school outside of the Cougars is where he wanted to play his college ball, gets to that program, and Suomataya has seen all of uh, one game's worth of action so far for Oregon during his freshman year so far, decided it's not for him. I'm not going to say that it's a done deal to get him to Provo quite yet, but like I said, there's at least initial optimism that BYU will firmly be in the running, if not the favorite, to land him as a transfer. The good news is on that front, and I know some of you out there don't necessarily care about recruiting, and you say, okay, you know what, prove it to me when you get on the field. I I get that sentiment. Trust me, I I get that sentiment. The thing I saw with Kingsley Sulamataya is he is a plug-and-play guy. And what I mean by that is when he shows up at BYU, if he were to decide that BYU is where he wants to go, he immediately is a contender to start, no matter how long a guy like maybe a Harris Lachance has been starting at right tackle for BYU. I think it might be a little tough to unseat a guy like Blake Freeland right now at left tackle, but I'm telling you, Kingsley has every single physical tool you could want in a high-level offensive lineman. And we all know right now the offensive tackle, very, very thin for BYU. It really, right now, on the depth chart for, for the Cougars, at the start of the season, their two starting tackles were Blake Freeland at left tackle and Harris Lachance at right tackle. Harris Lachance got injured, has missed the last three games. There is some optimism that he might be cleared to play in this week's game. We'll see how the week of uh, practice progresses for him if he's able to get back on the field. Well, outside of him, really the only other guy that I feel like is a viable option at tackle is the guy who's been filling in for Harris at right tackle, Campbell Barrington. I'm not saying that there aren't bodies for BYU along that offensive line that can play tackle, and if uh, an injury, heaven forbid, knock on wood, were to happen to either Freeland or Campbell Barrington as it stands right now, that they wouldn't have somebody they could insert out there at tackle. But I'm telling you, BYU is extremely thin at offensive tackle, and Kingsley Suomataya, the second he lands in Provo, the second he walks on campus in Provo, he's one of your top three linemen. I I mean that. He is that good. I watched him extensively at Orem High School. I have watched his film. He is a fun, fun prospect to have watched at the high school level, and there's a reason why everybody and their dog was after him in the recruiting race to garner his signature Oregon garnered his original signature, and it sounds like, at least initially, BYU has optimism they are going to get him to come to Provo, and I I think this would be a huge win for BYU, and I think it kind of signals the BYU, this whole Big 12 affiliation, yeah, it means something. These guys who have been going out of the state, uh, four- and five-star talent, saying they want to play at the Power 5 level and deciding that Utah is not where they ultimately want to go, they want to go play somewhere else, well, guess what? BYU is now a legit option because BYU is a Power 5 team. You come here, you're going to be playing in the Power 5. Any guy right now who commits to BYU, who goes on a mission, knows that the second they get home from the mission, BYU will be in the Big 12. The guys who are signing right now who don't go on missions, give them a year. You're going to be in the Big 12. You're going to be playing Power 5 football as a member of the BYU football program. It means a lot. I know that that sounds weird, and BYU fans during the independent era have tried to argue that BYU is Power 5 quality. Without the actual Power 5 label next to their name, there have been recruits who have told BYU, I love you guys, but I want to go play at the Power 5 level. It's hurt BYU in recruiting. 
that stigma, that uh, non-label, whatever you want to call it, it's gone now. It's a huge win for BYU with regards to their future prospects in recruiting. Am I saying that BYU is going to clean up on all of these four- and five-star talents in the state? Absolutely not. The entirety of the Pac-12, as well as the rest of the nation, knows the type of talent that comes out of this state. Per capita, it's one actually one of the highest um, producing states in terms of overall talent versus population. Utah high school football is a high-level product, and these coaches that are coming in from out of state trying to pluck talent out of here, they know what these high school athletes can do, and they're going to continue to try to do it. But the nice part is BYU, one of the things that really hurt them was some of the high-level talented guys and maybe even some other guys, three-star talents who felt like they wanted to play at the Power 5 level. Well, guess what? That is all gone. You're going to play Power 5 football in Provo, Utah. Really, really cool to see that paying off right now. And if Kingsley decides that BYU is the spot for him, what a recruiting win for Kalani Sitake and company. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I want to talk about two players on the BYU football program currently who are playing, both of them significant contributors, one trending up and one trending down. We'll talk about those guys here momentarily. Today's show has been brought to you in part by our friends over at Prize Picks. This is college sports daily fantasy made easy. It's a really, really unique thing because if you play daily fantasy, you know how difficult it can be. You're going up against experts, thousands of different lineups. The best part about what Prize Picks does is you pick two to five players and it's an over-under on their projected numbers and you can win up to 10 times back on those entries and it's really simple. It's you versus the numbers. It's not you competing against hundreds, if not thousands of other folks. It's really, really fun. The best part is, is your entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. You can go to prizepicks.com to check them out now or download their app in your app store and get started there. Right now at prizepicks.com, when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 100% instant deposit match up to $800. All you've got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 100% deposit match up to $100 right now with our friends at prize picks so don't hesitate check it out now and of course prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals once again use that promo code locked on to get that 100 instant deposit match right now at pricepicks.com or in their app prize picks is daily fantasy made easy Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. Absolutely love this company. One of our original local sponsors and one of the best companies I know out there. Their online reviews, by the way, and this is something I don't talk about a lot here, is if you go online and search out All Guard Pest Control, you're going to look at their Google reviews and find five-star reviews up and down the board. This is a company that does it right. Whether you need residential or commercial pest control services, Seth Baird is the owner. He and his team are the best of the best in the pest control game. They're based in Utah County, but they're capable of servicing any Anybody up and down the Wasatch Front, even if you live in the Tooele or Wasatch County areas, they're happy to come to you to take care of whatever you've got. I can attest to it because they've taken care of my home for multiple years now. I've thrown all kinds of different issues at them, and they've handled every single one of them. That's what I love about this company. They've got the know-how, the techniques, the just manpower, the professionalism to handle it all for you guys. So feel free to reach out to them anytime you need their services, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or you can go to their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S. Once again, that phone number, 801-851-1812. Tell them that Jay Catch and Lockdown Cougars sent you when you give them that call. 
Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms. And something I'm going to do here, and this is something I might start making more of a regular thing, and it's what I'm calling trending up and trending down. And it's players at BYU that I'm hearing good things about and some players that I'm concerned about. And there are two guys in particular I wanted to talk about on today's show. So let's start off with the bad news. Uh, Bad news than good news. Let's just do that to start today's show. And the guy that I feel like is trending down a little bit is Jake Oldroyd. Now, if you look at the stats, Jake Oldroyd has made 75% of his field goals so far. He's been very good when he's been on the field, but the issue has been his health and availability for the BYU football program, and most recently, the fact that he has missed his two kicks, two field goals he's missed this year have come in the last two games. I'm not 100% uh, sure that he's fully healthy. I'm also not 100% sure that he is as confident as he was when he was a Lou Groza Award finalist last year during the 2020 season. Kicking is a finicky thing in the college football realm and just in the football realm as a whole. Any of you who have either kicked at any level of football or know a kicker know that they are a unique breed of individuals. Usually pretty quirky. We can think back to the Justin Sorensons of past eras of BYU football riding that unicycle and just their eccentric characters. And Jake Oldroyd, I'm not saying that his eccentricity, is that a word? Yeah, it is. I I, I, I don't think that that's the problem for him. I'm just not 100% certain that he is fully healthy right now, or if he's healthy, he's confident in his ability as a kicker at the moment. Could he regain that right away and go out and be absolutely nails against Virginia? No doubt. It's kind of funny how confidence goes in this sport, especially when it comes to the kicking game, but I do have some concern about Jake Oldroyd right now. Now, the question is, does BYU have anybody to push him? Justin Smith has been the guy who has filled in for him at kicker when he has missed. I think he's missed two games so far this year. And Justin Smith has had a kick blocked, kicked it very low. His issue is when he does kick, those kicks come out low. It's not a high kick. And I don't know necessarily all the mechanics of kicking. I don't profess to be a kicking expert. But Justin Smith, there is concern with how low of of a trajectory his kicks have, no matter the distance. Because I think the one he got blocked, wasn't it like PAT length, 21, 22, 23 yards? Crazy stuff. But Nonetheless, uh, he's an option. And also Cash Peterman. He's been very active on social media, a guy who has been unafraid of posting videos of him kicking 60-yard field goals. Uh, Of course, no pressure, all that stuff. But Cash Peterman coming out of Arizona, he's got to be chomping at the bit thinking, okay, give me a shot at this. So there are options on BYU's roster, a kicker, to push a guy like Jake Oldroyd. And I'm not saying there's going to be an open kicking competition going into this Virginia game, and nor should there be necessarily, but if Jake Oldroyd does continue to falter, BYU does need to evaluate their options and consider what else they might do to fix their kicking game. Uh, as I tweeted on Saturday during the Washington State game, when Jake Oldroyd, just before he missed that, was a 50-yard field goal, BYU had a third and long, and they ran the ball. And the, the thing with that is, you when you feel like you have a kicker who's going to go out there and make a kick and give you three points from anywhere around 55 yards and in, and that gives you the confidence. If you find yourself in a situation where the metrics are against you, the numbers in terms of your chances of converting for a first down, of course, you're going to try for that first down. But if you're just way behind the chains and you feel like, okay, we need to get the points, we're going to run the ball here, set ourselves up, and send our kicker out there and get the three points. 
Well, when you have that confidence, it's great. But I think what Jake Oldroyd is struggling right now with is the confidence, and that's got to hurt the confidence the coaching staff has in making those play calls. They may be a little more gung-ho on going for it on fourth down, or they may say, hey, we've got to really get after this in terms of getting out there and uh, getting that first down on third down or staying ahead of the chains. The confidence in your kicker changes how you go about play calling, and I've got some concerns about Jake Oldred right now. Now, a guy that's trending up right now is a guy by the name of Jacob Boren. Some of you may have just heard his name for the very first time on Saturday when he was playing against Washington State. I can say that I've heard his name a couple of times during training camp as a guy who kind of stood out on special teams. He was a walk-on. He's from Highland High School. I actually misidentified him. I thought he was a Timview product, but he's actually a Highland High grad, so up in Salt Lake City. He is a sophomore, five foot nine, 180 pounds is what BYU's roster lists him at. But he got his first start against Washington State, and everything that I saw both live time and also re-watching the game on my film review Scream to me that this is a kid who can play ball. I'm not going to say that he's going to continue to be a starting caliber guy for the rest of the season for BYU, but what he proved against Washington State in that pass-happy run-and-shoot offense is that he is more than capable as a player. And this just screams to me that he is the latest in terms of BYU churning out what I like to call walk-on gems. They're guys who have come to BYU football with a chip on their shoulder. They believe in themselves, even if other folks don't believe in them. And they just want to live the dream of being a college football player. BYU, and they're not... Uh, they don't have the market cornered in this department, but Kalani Satake and his staff have been very open to allowing walk-ons to go out there and prove themselves, and if they prove themselves worthy, they're going to reward those guys with playing time. Jacob Boren is just the latest in a long line of walk-ons who have made good on the bet on themselves. Like I said, I'm not 100% convinced that Jacob Boren's going to go on to be a multi-year starter for BYU, but at the very very least based on that one game sample size that we have this is a kid who is going to contribute and he's going to be in the mix to help BYU with at least uh, being a backup at multiple positions he also does take on a very large role he's been a gunner on BYU special teams on punt uh, this is a kid who I think is just living the dream and he actually spoke to the media yesterday we requested him because we like storylines like this when we speak to the players and had a chance to catch up with Jacob Bourne and I'm going to let you guys hear from him about his story where he comes from and how he ended up as a uh, defensive back for the BYU football program, especially at that nickel position. Here you go. What's your background? Who are you? Introduce yourself to BYU fans. Um, I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. I went to Highland High School and then following high school, I went on a mission to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, after that, I came down to BYU in 2019 where I decided to walk onto the football team been with them ever since. Started as a wide receiver, got moved around a little bit, and uh, found my way to the nickel position. So were you an offensive player in high school? What, what's your background just in terms of what, where you played at the high school level, etc.? So in high school, I played running back and corner. When I initially walked on, I showed up to tryouts, and there were a lot of DBs, and a lot of the running backs were pretty big dudes. So I decided to try out wide receiver, which was a position that I've never played before. So coaches saw something in me was able to make it on as a wide receiver and uh, like I said kind of made the switch this past year to nickel 
There you go. A little bit on Jacob Boren. Fun to catch up with him and fun to hear his background. A guy who walked on as a wide receiver who'd never played the position before makes the team and now made his first career start against the Washington State Cougars. I don't know. Maybe he didn't make the start, but nonetheless, got his first extensive action as a BYU defensive back after making the shift to nickelback. What a find for the BYU football program. There are gems out there that, that you find they're the diamonds in the rough, to use that expression, and fun to see him get his opportunity. And here's hoping he continues to get opportunities as the season progresses. I think that he's done nothing to tell the coaching staff that he shouldn't be given more responsibility or at least have his playing time curtailed in any way. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch you guys up on everything else you need to know here at midweek. Former Cougars and the pros, updates on how things went, Zach Wilson's knee injury. We'll touch on all of that in just a moment. Today's is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. If you have not tried a Built Bar at this point, you are missing out, folks. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars to believe it yourselves. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar, otherwise, is a soft, covered in 100% real chocolate bar, and when you bite into it, you know you're tasting something different. It's more of an experience, one that you will enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're even eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. And the best part is they got a myriad of different flavors, fruit flavors, chocolate flavors. They've got it all for you guys. And this month, Build is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So if you want to try some of their flavors that come around only every so often, get to their website, built.com. And like I said, check back often because they're changing it all the time. They have a brand new Halloween edition uh, puff version. It's a kind of a marshmallow flavor that's available now. It'll be available for a limited time only. So once again, get to built.com right now to place your order. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com for 15% off. And oh, by the way, you're supporting BYU football via a name, image, and likeness agreement with all BYU football players when you support our friends at Built Bar. Walk-ons like Jacob Boren, they're getting money from Built Bar via your guys' purchases. So support Built Bar, support BYU football, and get enjoying the best-tasting protein bars with our friends at Built Bar. One final time out here to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. They are back and they're better than ever. They got a brand new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated website or their mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome deposit with your first deposit. Just to use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus. Once again, a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use that promo code LOCKED Locked on from basketball to football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers from our friends at Bet Online, as they are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Once again, promo code Locked On for that fifty percent welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of our friends over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Before we go here on this Wednesday edition of the show, I want to extend our condolences to the family of former BYU Athletic Director Glenn Tuckett. I, I've met Glenn, I think, on a brief occasion, a time or two, but I, I can't say that I knew him well. I know a number of folks who know him extremely well, and they sing his praises. He passed away at the age of 93 yesterday morning following complications from a stroke. Uh, that came via former BYU Sports Information Director Ralph Zobel. 
Tuckett was an absolute legend for BYU. Served as an athletic director during essentially the glory years for BYU. I think it was 1976 to 1994. He oversaw the expansion of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the national championship in 1984. He previous to that served as BYU's baseball coach from 1959 to 1976 before moving on to be the AD a key figure in BYU's rise to prominence, truly. He was a guy that I think will be remembered for many, many great things. He also spent some time as the athletic director at Alabama. He was the athletic director who got Notre Dame to officially agree to a series to play BYU in football. He made some joke about bronzing him at that point, uh, putting him in bronze, like giving him a statue because of him accomplishing that. He also got Alabama on the schedule. It was originally supposed to be a home-and-home deal. Alabama reneged on the return trip to Provo when BYU went down and played there in, what, 1998 in Tuscaloosa. But nonetheless, a legendary figure, and we extend our condolences to his family and friends. Never fun to lose one of the greats in the BYU pantheon, and Glenn Tuckett absolutely is right up there. So once again, our condolences go out to the family and friends of Glenn Tuckett, and thank you for some really, really fun memories, Glenn. We'll never forget it, and may you rest in peace. Now, other things you need to touch on today is if you are looking for something to do here on a Wednesday night, BYU Athletics is ha- holding their annual trunk or treat at the SAB parking lot. It's the one between the Smith Fieldhouse and the Student Athlete Building there in Provo. Many of you will be familiar with it. It starts at 6.30. Uh, coaches, players, administrators will all be dressed up and handing out loads of candy. Folks I have talked to who have been to this event say that their kids get as loaded up in terms of candy as they would in an entire night's worth of trick-or-treat on actual Halloween. It's a fun environment. They can interact with BYU football players, volleyball players, the entire uh, run, basketball players, of BYU athletes. Coaches are there, as I said, administrators like Tom Homo. I believe uh, BYU Sports Nation will do their special broadcast that they've done over the past couple of years from it live on site. So some fun times. 6.30 tonight in Provo there at the SAB parking lot between the Smith Fieldhouse and the Student Athlete Building in Provo. Something might be fun to take kids out to and have some fun with that. Now, uh, before we go here, let's run down how things went in week seven of the NFL season for former Cougars and the pros. Zach Wilson uh, officially has a PCL strain. He's expected to miss two to four weeks for the New York Jets. And unfortunate, uh, the hit he took probably should have been flagged. The Matthew Juden uh, from the New England Patriots hitting him. And based on some of the other, you know, crappy Roughing the passer calls. The fact that Zach Wilson didn't get that one called is just weird. But hopefully he heals quickly and he can get his way back into the starting lineup. I think as soon as he is cleared, he is the clear-cut starter for the Jets, even though they apparently have traded for Joe Flacco. But that's no matter. Zach Wilson will be the guy that will be back on the field once he's cleared. I'm also just going to encourage him. Take the three weeks if you need it. Take the four weeks. It's two to four weeks. Take the time you need. You don't need to hustle back here. This is a season that we all know was a rebuilding season for the New York Jets. <laughs> I know he needs the reps, but at the same time, man, why would you put yourself in harm's way? Because that offensive line for the New York Jets, despite upgrading with Mekhi Becton as well as Elijah Vera Tucker along the front, Still a lot of holes along that offensive line, and I hope Zach is able to hold up. Jamal Williams uh, continues to feature very heavily for the Detroit Lions for the fourth game out of seven this season. He received at least a dozen carries. He had 57 yards on those 12 carries in their loss to the Rams, averaging 4.8 yards per carry. So good to see Jamal still getting a good run here in the NFL. He has 312 rushing yards, which is top.
tops for the Detroit Lions. I know it's a down year for the Lions. They're one of the teams that's probably going to be in the mix for the number one overall pick. But you know what? Get the reps that you can get. And that's what I'm encouraging a guy like Jamal to continue to chase because it keeps you in the league for longer. Jamal has proven to be a durable back and a guy who can produce. That's the fun part about it. Dax Milne is back on the field finally in large doses for the Washington football team. Uh, he had a career-high four targets in their loss to the Green Bay Packers, caught two of them for 16 yards. Those are obviously career highs with the two receptions for 16 yards. We're going to see Dax Milne getting more of an opportunity here with the WFT and hopefully Hopefully that continues to progress. Fred Warner with the San Francisco 49ers. I am a 49ers fan to just make it clear up front. They suck right now, but Fred is continuing to play at a Pro Bowl caliber level. He had nine total tackles for the fourth straight game in San Francisco's loss to the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday Night Football. Seven of them were solo, and two of them were tackles for loss. He also had a fumble recovery. He's 13th in the NFL right now with 36 total tackles on the season. And then rounding out the week for other BYU players, uh, Kyle Van Noyen that blowout win over the Jets. Three tackles, one pass breakup. Daniel Sorensen had one tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sione Takitaki had three tackles for the Cleveland Browns. Tyson Williams just two carries for 10 yards but also two receptions for 24 yards for the Ravens after they got absolutely trounced by the Cleveland Browns in a surprise affair. And then Kyrus Tonga playing for the Chicago Bears in their loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had two total tackles in that loss. So there you go. You are up to speed on how things with former Cougars and the pros are going and you are up to speed on everything you need to know as a BYU fan here at midweek. Uh, one more note for you guys. We are giving away a pair of tickets to the Virginia game to watch BYU BYU and the Cavaliers square off. What we are asking the prompt is to email lockedonbyu at gmail.com with your favorite memories of Bronco Mendenhall. Doesn't matter how outlandish or how weird it might be, you guys will be entered to win. We'll throw it in a, you throw you guys, everyone will be assigned a number, throw it in a random number generator, uh, make it run its course a few different times. The number that pops out, that's the winner. That's how we're going to do it. So if you want to be entered to win, you need to email lockedonbyu at gmail.com with your favorite memory or memories of Bronco Mendenhall's tenure at the helm of the BYU football program. It was over a decade, 13 years total. I think you can come up with something, but hopefully uh, you guys have some fun with that, and like I said, we'll pick that winner. going to announce that winner tomorrow, give you some lead time to get ready for the game on Saturday. So you better get it in now if you haven't done so already, if you want to be entered to win those tickets. We'll announce that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. All right, that'll do it. Have a great day whenever you hear this. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to go make Locked On Big 12 your second listen of the day. I was part of our weekly panel on the Locked On Big 12 podcast with Josh Neighbors and the crew. Really fun to talk about BYU as well as the rest of the conference. We'll have you guys covered every day on that front with everything going on in the Big 12 in 30 minutes or less. It is also free and available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube if you want to watch it in video form. So check that out. All right. Have a good one, folks. Hopefully we'll see you out at the Trunk or Treat tonight there in Provo. But until next time, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for October 27th, 2021. And we will catch you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.